0: Thank you once again for joining us here on Appendo Books Uh, We had the distinct Dis pleasure of speaking with David Alberton. He's the author of the fantastic novel called Undercard. David was born in Durban, South Africa and immigrated to Canada with his family when he was only 10 years old. Since 2005, David has been a competitive tennis player and coach. He's a graduate of Queens University and the Humber School for Writers and now lives in Toronto. The result of all of David's interest, influence, and effort is his novel called Undercard. It is infused with scrupulous research and the pulse of the times that we live in. It immediately resonated with his Canadian publisher, House of Anansi, and went on to have a great effect with his international publishers, HarperCollins Germany and HarperCollins France, as well as his world English audiobook publisher, Dreamscape Media. He also Option the book to the award-winning production company called Shaftesbury. this is a result of our conversation please enjoy because I, I you know i was actually reading this quote and i uh, sort of want to get your your feel for it. it it's uh it goes a little something like this so i, I did not enjoy the violence of boxing so much as the science of it, I was intrigued by how one moved one's body to protect oneself, how one used the strategy to both attack and retreat, how one paced oneself over a match. So, first question I ha- have for you is: yeah. Who do you think said that quote?
1: Wow. Uh, <laughs> in, so... <laughs> it's a great, it's a great quote, great, great
0: line. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a say, hint, actually. Yes, oh, it is a former boxer, you're correct. Oh. Former boxer uh, from South Africa. Oh.
1: Uh I don't
0: know. Oh yeah, yeah. it's actually Nelson said Mandela that. said that. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh you Yeah. F- you know it's it's it, a bit. Yeah, he a he's a former <laughs> four- <laughs> No, I know,
1: I know he is. Yeah. I'm like which um which pros I the- <laughs> <laughs> I know some of them, but I forgot their names. Yeah. I think, oh, that's a great line. Wow. Yeah, so you know,
0: I read that, that and it cut of... So- Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, it shows you how he was such a kind of... Um, how he was able to deconstruct, you know, even like sports, you know, like break it down and kind of, you know, articulate the sort of, um, you know, how to go about it. That's really interesting. That's a great quote.
0: Yeah, and the thing I really love about this quote too... Um, it's sort of indicative of his life and his contribution to hum- humanity in the sense that you know it's studying not only your is not, not only the uh, your opponent but also yourself as well right and and having the exactly. proper tools and, and the perspective to to go into any type of situation knowing that um, that you can overcome right so I, I thought that was it was a pretty interesting quote and he yeah he's a you know, a remarkable character, to say the least, a remarkable uh, humanitarian. Um, so as far as your book is concerned, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, what actually inspired you to write the book?
1: Uh, well, uh, um, first, a uh, great points on Mandela, on the quote and everything. Yeah, mm. it's a great uh, summation of that. Um, but um, so it came about really... Uh, I had written two, I had attempted to get two books sold previously, Okay. and it was um, trying to construct kind of something that I thought, uh, I mean, I was just, you know, my plan was just to keep writing till I got, you know, published,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, kind of everything I'd learned from those two books in terms of what people responded to and then what people didn't respond to, it was sort of, that was really the idea of trying to construct a, a book that okay. uh, really you know didn't you know didn't have the kind of the things that people were rejecting the previous books and then had all the strong qualities of them. And then the initial idea was basically it's something that I touched on in a previous work, but mm-hmm. uh, I felt could be looked at more was just that you had people who were very close growing up, but then as adults, all their motivations conflict with what with one another. Oh, I and
2: see, um, yes.
1: how they navigate these tensions. that was like the mm-hmm. core idea. Okay. And so that was the initial idea, and then it was about building a story through that and trying to have characters who were who different but all connected through a kind of a shared past.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the yeah. things that uh, I really loved about the book, too, is that the characters all have distinctive personalities. Uh, and I think one of the traps yeah. that, that authors get into is the characters tend to sound very similar, so there's no differentiation there so um in in going about that did you construct the characters one by one or was it a situation which you thought of them sort of as a tableau and all of them sort of came to you and you uh you know you you were able then to sort of jot down these different personality traits that they had or how did the characters come about oh yeah
1: well uh, thank you and uh yeah that's interesting um so it 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 was sort of one by one I guess but in relation to one another so it was partially I wanted each of them to like come from a different background so mm-hmm. it was kind of building through that and then I wanted each of them to be an athlete in a different sport Yes. and I feel like um, that helped me shape the characters like Naomi you know very much uh, you know I've, I've kind of I've watched like women's basketball and stuff like that and so that's kind of a, the sort of culture of basketball and women's basketball I feel like helped shaped her character mm-hmm. and then um you know and then anthony has got like the chip on his shoulder kind of you know like a boxer <laughs> and then um, tyron you know he's like um uh, i thought track but i was actually watching the 2016 um olympics decathlon mm-hmm. and i watching the, the guy who won, um eaten i think
2: okay yeah
1: and just he was so exhausted you know by the end and I, I just thought like this is a sport of such like um just sort of discipline and, and um, uh, sort of such like solid characters you know what I mean mm-hmm. like these versatile so that's uh, so it was after that that I decided should be at the Catholic okay
0: yeah and then
1: um, and then tennis for Keenan and uh, so um, that was uh, one of it and then I wanted their parents lives to really influence them so it's just mm-hmm. yeah it was kind of like building each separately but yeah. kind of like with an eye to the other characters of how to make them different but then also sort of um, shared. And then it just kind of, it just sort of gradually grew from there. And then also always this eye of how can I set it up that they kind of are going to have conflicts between the characters, you know, mm-hmm. that their personal stories can mm-hmm. sort of lead to tensions between one another. And that's when I, you know, it, I forget when, but at a certain point came to the idea that Antoine would be like the foster brother of Tyron yes. And then, you know, eventually the idea of... Um, that Tyron would end up, you know, that he would lose his parents, he would end up going with Keenan, and Antoine would, um, you know, <laughs> not, not be part of that, which is <laughs> obviously a big part. I, how much did I say about the plot? I don't want to give spoilers. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know no. what? I, I know, And that's why I'm really not getting too too deep into it as well, because, yeah, right, you know, I right. definitely want people to, to read the book. But you touched on something very important. So you, you wanted everyone to have a, a different sports background, and I just wanted to get your comment on uh, what your views were in relation to the correlation between sports and writing a, a book, um, because oh. for the the most part, for example, um, the Deco, you know, is a boxer, uh, and mm-hmm. most of the sports you actually feature are, you know, with the exception of Naomi, who's playing a team sport, um, they're individual type of sports, and I just wanted oh, to get your your point. your. Uh, Sort of your comments on the correlation between you know writing a book and then training for something like tennis or training oh. something for like you know boxing and things like that.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of um, that aspect of it, but uh, yeah, I I would say that I feel like it's very similar. You know, mm-hmm. having now like kind of played a lot of sports and been a coach in sports and. Um, that it's uh, much more similar than you'd think, I think. (laughs) And even on the performance level, like I used to think that, you know, sports, you know, there's all the work behind the scenes, but then it's about performing it, Mm -hmm. you know, in the moment, whereas writing work behind the scenes that's the product you know Mm that ends up being the book that you don't need to perform the book in the moment but then having gone through it you're doing interviews and things (laughs) like that and public events you actually do do quite quite a lot of performance (laughs) so so even in that regard i feel like it's so i think it's very much um very similar just obviously the context is completely different Mm -hmm. but i mean i think it takes the same kind of like discipline and perseverance and the same effort and the same constant desire to just keep improving and constant sort of self uh, analysis and seeing where you can get better and things like that so so yeah I think it's uh, pretty much very similar and also studying what other people are doing things like mm-hmm. that and trying to learn from others
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, studying, I think, is a very, very important point. And it's interesting because, you know, when you're looking at like a character like uh, like Deco, I love Deco right away because, yeah, no, I read it and I thought, you know, what this is a fantastic character because right away, you know, he's refusing to put it be put into a category. You know, the reporter is standing there and he's trying to put him into a box and saying, you know, it's a redemption tale. It's, you know, you're up from the streets you know, you should be very thankful. And uh, it sort of reminded me of what we all do when we watch sports, right? So we're watching someone uh, that we really admire, like, you know, Michael Jordan or, or Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali. Right. And, right. Um, and you know, we, we try to, you know, fit them into these narratives where we can actually relate to. Um, but it's kind of deceiving in a way. And Ant- Antoine, I think, is very clear about this, that... Um, you know, he's not going to be a pawn to be used, right? And and that's one of the things I really liked about him because in a sense, you know, when you're looking at an athlete or, or someone who's very creative and is doing well, um, we don't see, as you said earlier, all the work that leads up to that point, right? And so we get to right. celebrate their win and live vicariously through them, but then we also have the ability to, you know, tear them down if if maybe they you know, they didn't perform up to task or, or that, you know, we feel disappointed in them in, in some all respect. Right. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm wondering what you think with regards to, to this in relation to, you know, your, your own writing and how you approach the craft. Are there, you know, certain instances in your journey where you felt like, oh, you know, this is, it, it, you know, it's kind of arduous and, and you kept persevering or, or how did that all come about? Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, for
1: sure. I'm sure probably all writers or almost all writers feel like, you know, that at times, you know. Um, But yeah, I, I definitely with Antoine's character, I wanted to kind of sort of document and explore within the context of, you know, this intense kind of story. Mm-hmm. like the nature of achieving very difficult goals and like yes. sort of what it takes to achieve like extremely difficult goals. Mm-hmm. And, um, not to, <laughs> no spoil, not to give any away, but obviously his goals aren't, uh, necessarily that savory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to say, yeah, but to say how, the release, yeah, definitely. But, but, but,
1: but how he goes about it, I feel like is indicative of achieving any difficult goal. So mm-hmm. I, that was kind of one of the things, I, because it's something being, you know, sort of, Being a writer, being a coach, being an athlete—it's something I've um, kind of uh, read a lot about and thought a lot about. So I thought it would be a great thing to kind of like um, include that sort of that whole uh, discussion about that—you know, how we improve our skills, how we develop, and everything. Even Mm -hmm. though it ends up in the book, because so much is obviously about the plot and the characters, that it's it's kind of in the background and, and you know, it's it's not that prominent. Mm-hmm. I still think, you know, what you've just described, I think, is is that, you know, where there's some attempt to, to kind of engage in this area. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, definitely, I, I agree okay. with that. And one of the other characters that I really loved was Naomi. Um, okay. Because, yeah. yeah, no, she's uh, she's a very strong character. And she's sort of independent of everybody else. And and I thought that, uh, you know, given the context in which we're living right now, you know, with Me, with me Too and, and all these different types of empowering movements, that I think um, she's a character of the time, I think, in terms of not really oh. being beholden to sort of that, you know, patri- uh, patriarchal, um, you know, depiction, right? And I think a lot of – and this is one of the things that Hemingway got hemmed up for, right, is, is writing these – uh, female characters, and, and no slack to Hemingway, he's he's a fantastic author, but, right. um, but you know, female characters that had no type of um, agency with, it, you know, in and of themselves, and so when I was reading this character, I thought that, um, you know, she's she's a powerful character, and I was just thinking, or wondering, that, you know, what is your view, and in, in, uh, how... Um, intentful not intentful, but you know when you were constr- uh, when you were constructing this character was it important for you to make her an independent strong type of character
1: uh yes yes i'd say it definitely was i mean i'm glad you liked her yeah and, <laughs> um, and um and definitely everything you said i mean yeah that's great um that's kind of what i'm hoping for um yeah so one thing, so I've uh, with the women's basketball. I, I, what I like about it is that there's like, you know, basketball has such a like swagger to like the culture of basketball.
0: Yeah, you know? really, yeah. yeah and it does. um,
1: um, and I feel like you know, you know, some sports like you know, um, like beach volleyball, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the women pro. Women's it's like completely different outfits to what the men wear you know what i mean very different you're right yeah is like that you know Mm -hmm. but like in terms of like women's basketball it's like the same you know like the baggy shorts everything and it's like you know um i guess the time's obviously changing but you know the traditional kind of um it's kind of like this very this swagger that's generally associated with men right Mm -hmm. That, that part of basketball and when i watch um and i feel like with women's basketball it's kind of it's got that swagger you know but it's it like does, women yeah. it comes up it's a very cool kind of uh presence mm-hmm. that uh, comes when, when i've been and i've been exposed to it on a few occasions and i just so going into it but i just knew that i wanted her to be a basketball player mm-hmm. and um that helped kind of like uh craft the character you know and that that she's got this sort of real physical presence and then um sort of a a charismatic presence, you know, and then sort of uh, building from there. And then at the same time, I did want her to have sort of, uh, uh, you know, some insecurities and things like that too. And and I sort of drew kind of, um, because of her background, she's uh, sort of everything. She's sort of like a mixed race background. And then her parents are divorced. Mm -hmm. uh, And then she's kind of recently changed careers. Like everything about her is kind of like she's in between uh, worlds, Mm -hmm. sort of. So, and then... Uh, being an immigrant and um, uh, I, I've found that sometimes uh, when I've uh, spoken to people mixed race or, or read or, or listened uh, to things it, it it might be a greater extent but it, it reminded me a lot of my feelings being an immigrant you know of this sort of court between worlds and things like that mm-hmm. so I drew on that a little too for her character to, yeah
0: Yeah, to kind of round her out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Round her Um, out,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: So in terms of your own journey to being published, I'm just wondering and I'm really interested in finding out what your early experiences were with, uh, with writing stories.
1: Well, yeah, uh, well, I started writing very young, <laughs> I just, um, you know, and, um, when I was a kid, my mom showed me some stories that she had written, and then I just oh, nice. was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write stories, and then, I think also, because my dad would, uh, tell stories to me and my sister when we were kids, oh, wow, you know, like, okay. bed, he would just, like, make up stories, and I think his dad did that to him, Oh wow. so I think, like, kind of, storytelling was, um, just kind of, I guess, very, uh, big in our family you know i think also like my parents would would let us watch like movies when we were very young like like adult movies oh wow <laughs> this is a big mistake <laughs> when, I was, when i was they didn't really like censor us too much so i guess i was exposed to like high level storytelling from a young age But oh, that's um, great they, when i was five years old they um they let us watch jaws
0: <laughs> oh wow yeah <laughs> and and, and i'm
1: from durban south africa so that's on the indian ocean and yeah. there's
0: like sharks there yeah
1: you know on the, the beaches and uh, <laughs> some of the beaches have nets and you know every year people get attacked by sharks there right like not too many and, yeah. and the odds are low but still anyway and uh and we would go to the beach like every weekend <laughs> anyway, so, so joe's wasn't really a a film to show to
0: uh, <laughs> to, a to a five or six year old, like
1: who lives on the ocean? You know, if you lived in Saskatchewan or something, maybe it have been <laughs> yeah. as bad. or or Northwest
0: Territories or something like that, yeah, yeah you're, you'll exactly. be safe. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So I, uh, so I was terrified of sharks for a long time. But um, <laughs> anyway, so I always um, wanted to write stories, and I and I always kind of um, hoped that one day I'd have a career either sort of screenwriting or, or writing mm-hmm. novels and I was always attracted to kind of like these large kind of epic, um, grand stories. And I liked sort of like fantasy and science fiction as a kid. And then as I got older, I kind of wanted, um, uh, I wanted to kind of, to do sort of like these adventure stories that you find on like Lord of the Rings or, you know, like Dune, you know, like those kinds of books. Mm-hmm. But, um, but like set in the real world, you know what I mean? Like yeah. these sort of grand epic adventures, like you kind of get, you know, which I think was more common in sort of like 19th century, you know, with, um, like Victor Hugo and, and those sorts of writers. You had these like, um, yeah, epic tales.
2: And, stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: and, um, so yeah, and then I took creative writing at university and then, um, um, and I majored in film. So, you know, there was a lot of storytelling background in that. And then from then I was just, uh, that was, uh, sort of the pursuit that, you know, that I was going for. And then I, fortunately, um, with my first book, I didn't have an agent or anything, and I just I submitted it like crazy. I, I pitched it for about eighteen months. Wow. And yeah. uh, yeah, I, and I rewrote it a lot. I mean, it really that that period, I I think um, it just developed my writing so much because I was mm-hmm. constantly revising. You know, if I got any feedback, you know, at first I would get no responses. You know, just. <laughs> you know, I actually showed my agent I kept like a list of like the like the submissions history of that book.
0: Oh nice. And
1: when I got my agent I showed it to him and he looked and it goes he's like, no response, no response, stock rejection, stock rejection, <laughs> no response. He's like, Wow, this really made waves in the industry <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Making history here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it shook the foundations of the publishing community. Yeah, so then so then we um, <laughs> We, uh, a- anyway, and then, um, fortunately then I, I just, someone introduced me to my agent on the, the, my sort of, with the second book I was attempting and he liked it. And then we, mm-hmm. we pitched that and then again, that one got rejected. So that was like, you're like, she's even with an agent.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
1: like what's going on? And then I took, um, I took the Humboldt career writer correspondence course, which is useful. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we, you know i got undercard to you know um you know revise like a tight manuscript and uh, and then we we right away we uh, sold it i mean it was like just such a different experience than the wow. first two and i yeah and it was it's really like since the start like really just it's been kind of cool uh, that um people just responded to it from the from the beginning you know i mean as soon as i gave it to, to my agent or just people to read before we sold it. And then as, as soon as um we sold it, um, gave it to a Nancy, they had responded and then we got some international deals. Like it's just been, uh, yeah, it's been interesting.
0: That's amazing. Thanks. Thank yeah, 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 that's fantastic. But, um, you know, it's, and it's interesting too because when you're you know, constantly revising, that is the the part of the process that people don't necessarily see. They see you now, you know, you, you've you sold a screenplay, uh, you've auctioned the book, right. it's doing extremely well, getting well-reviewed, but it's also right. sort of that um, perseverance that you have and the tenacity to keep going. Um, so in terms of that, when you would get feedback, would you... Um, Look at your manuscript and just include it, or how did you d- d- differentiate between the feedback that actually helped your manuscript and the feedback that was just superfluous for the vision that you had for your manuscript? Uh, do you mean on on
1: undercard or previously? Yeah, yeah, you,
0: on, yeah, on undercard. On
1: undercard, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so generally, if things kind of like it's funny, like um, I feel like you get to a point. Just like instinctively, Mm -hmm. you uh, you kind of start to get a feel, you know, for for edits Mm -hmm. of you, you know. Whereas I think when you're younger, you know, and you're not quite as sure, you might just take everything or you might reject too much, you know. And I think that's sort of a skill that gradually develops, you know, just over time and just doing it more and more. Yeah. But uh, I do find like generally with edits, it's like like in an like an automatic reaction of like, oh, good edit. Mm-hmm. Or, or or that edit doesn't gel with me, you know. Yeah. But in general, I do um, I I like it. I mean, I like the editorial process, uh, because you're getting other people's, you know, you're, you're really getting the benefit of other people's like skills and and, and uh, their brains, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all their efforts, in addition to yours, you know. So I mean, and I also think what's cool is sometimes, which I've really felt uh, revising undercard, is that you are getting, you know, a line here or there that's uh, been influenced by someone else. So even some of you know, like, really, like, they come up with it. And I think that, again, helps uh, just um, make it sort of richer, the work, you know, that it's not just the product of one brain, you know yes. what I mean? Yes, yeah, it's,
0: it's a collective and Even experience. though you are
1: working so hard to, as you mentioned earlier, you know, mm-hmm. have voices and capture these different voices, it's still coming from one mind, but it, mm-hmm. it's sort of it, it's that little bit... Uh, you know a little bit more that it's like this separation as as if it's from just your brain. You know that it's that it's other personalities are kind of infused into the sort of fabric of it.
0: Yeah, and when you speak about these different voices, um, and that's it's very clear just in terms of the way that you know you set the novel up. But uh, I'm wondering how you approached actually doing that because you know in a certain instances where you can you can actually run the risk of losing the reader if if you're just jumping between characters so how did you approach it in in, in a in the way that you did in order to um garner continue to garner the attention of the reader rather than you know having them connect with one particular character and then having them switch over to another character Mm
1: -hmm. well uh yeah so that's something i worked very hard on was um really making these distinctive voices and that's something um in the Humber course, actually, that, that we worked on a lot with my advisor, Ned, Marcy. Mm-hmm. and that Donna Morrissey. And so, you know, one thing I would do, like, <laughs> so I would try and get in the mindset of each character, kind of, um, and sort of try to think like them before writing their scenes, you know? Yes. And I would actually, um, so Antoine, uh, do you know Roy Jones Jr.? the, the Oh, yeah, 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 he's great, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's oh, yeah, all-time great boxer, and mm-hmm. he's become, like, an analyst. He was an analyst for HBO, uh, boxing and a uh, great character, you know. Yeah, great he's charming, fantastic. Great, great, boxer. Anyway, great he
0: showman, too. Some, he's a very good showman.
1: Yeah, great showman. And he's also done some rap songs.
0: <laughs> <I> <laughs> That's like right. That. That. That's right. He did do some rap. Songs. <laughs> yeah, and they're really all kind of like. <laughs> badass song. i forgot about that yeah <laughs> it's you did
1: really pumped up yeah. anyway i wish i could listen to those <laughs> sometimes before i wrote Antoine scenes you know oh just nice get in this yeah, like yeah yeah mindset of like you're pissed off at the world and you got so much kind of like intensity and anger and like kind of like fire inside you and then um Keenan, because he's kind of like in this stage of his life where he's sort of like severely like depressed you know mm-hmm. and kind of like regrets everything and feels guilty and everything. So again i would try and like get in <laughs> you know we're just trying and think you know sort of that way right you know what i mean of, of like like try and get in that mindset of just like you know you know everything's gone wrong and nothing's gonna go right you know yeah <laughs> and that kind of stuff and then tyron of this feeling of this sort of like i guess like this tension and this like this i guess fatigue of responsibility but still this like um needing to be responsible but, you know, not quite sure and then sort of uh, unsure if he should follow just his own desires and things like that. And then Naomi sort of, what well, we've discussed, trying to get in that mindset too. And then also, one thing I actually, you mentioned him earlier, one advice, you know, there's a lot of like writer advice on the
0: internet. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of circulates. And one of the things mm-hmm. he said was that he
1: would read, before he'd write, he'd read back his work as far back as he could go. Oh really? Just to get into the flow, yeah, and that's actually yeah, that's really useful advice to get in the flow of his of like the voice, the the language, kind of that style. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, and so I would do that too. So even so, say it was a new scene with a character, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go back just like directly back. I would go back to that character's previous scene because, for anyone who hasn't read it yet, the book cuts between the four characters' perspectives. So I would go back to like Antoine's previous scene and uh read it read it through you know so just so that you kind of had that same so so you could just get in the flow of that style of of writing Mm -hmm. um before i'd sit down to it yeah and then in terms of the cutting yeah that i mean that that i kind of like that stuff and i don't know if it's maybe because i took film and you know we did like quite a bit of editing and stuff but um but just, yeah, trying to uh, sort of map out, okay, which character do we come back to now? And, and yeah, as you said, trying to give it that it's it's constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, at the same time, yeah, that the scenes are kind of uh, self encapsulated scenes and that you're not kind of uh, cutting them short and,
0: and not doing justice to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so you mentioned uh, some of your characters um, that are very, very memorable, I think. Uh, so I'm wondering if you could... Give every character in your book a compliment and a critique. Oh, yeah. what, what would they be?
1: Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> interesting.
0: <laughs> well, definitely. Okay,
1: so Antoine, I would say he's shrewd. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. I think he is right. think he's so shrewd. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I kind of admire about him, and I guess I wish I was more like that okay 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 (laughs) of how he's kind of he's always a step ahead of everyone else you know and i just you know i sort of and and i love characters like that in um in fiction
2: Mm -hmm, you know i'm
1: always kind of even if they're like a negative character i love the kind of proficient character who's just on the ball and just very smart and intelligent yeah and Mm -hmm. it doesn't kind of um I feel like there's a lot of characters that are very popular in fiction these days, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever format, but of, like, people who constantly get in their own way, you know, and, that's, yeah. <laughs> and that everything's easy. If they would just not screw things up, <laughs> yeah. the goal would be so easy, but they find a way to, like, screw so it up. So step in the yeah, I, step on I yeah. prefer it when it's a character who doesn't screw things up, but just the, the goal or the obstacles in their way are so difficult mm-hmm. that it's still not enough. You know, they still need to find that extra to... Um, achieve their ends, you she know, done, yeah. so that, and then I guess the critique of him is <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where to begin. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. he, he never went to see a therapist. Like a <laughs>
0: yeah, he definitely should that have way, gone to see a therapist, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, and then, um, okay, and then Keenan, mm-hmm.
1: um, definitely, I would say that the critique is that, the way I kind of uh, approach him is that he didn't actively, like, the way I wanted to depict him is that he's not, like, a bad person,
2: exactly, but he didn't, yeah.
1: actively, he didn't actively try to be a good person,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and
1: then, and then when he's put into situations, uh, you know, that are, uh, I guess, stressful or intense situations that he's sort of unprepared for, maybe, mm-hmm. because he's not actively trying to do good, that he ends up doing, you know, destructive things. Yes. So I would say that's the critique. And uh, compliments, uh, I think he's <laughs> kind of funny. I mean, I think he's charming. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, mean, I have to think. I mean, there's other like good qualities he has. But, um, <laughs> and then um, Taran, I'd say just um, that he's, uh, he's a real, like, uh, responsible character, you know, and mm-hmm. that, um, I think, like, that sense of responsibility... I think is a good quality. And then that um, critique, I guess the, maybe he's going to relax more. <laughs> I think he's too stressed. <laughs> yeah, he's then, pretty stressed. Uh, yeah. And then Naomi, yeah. I guess, like, yeah, I love her attitude. Yeah, like that swagger and that yeah. charm and that yeah. confidence she has. Yeah. You know, I really, you know, like that. Mm. And then I guess some critique, hmm. Uh, let me think. Yeah, I guess, yeah, what I said before, yeah, that maybe she's, um, uh, too concerned, maybe, like, with other people and stuff like that, yeah, okay. and other people, how they feel and, and things like that, and maybe think of her and things like that.
0: Yeah. hmm hmm Yeah, no, I definitely agree with all of that. And one of the characters I really liked, too, just the minor characters were Ricky. I found him hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah, Ricky's oh, fantastic. Yeah, the one scene <laughs> that I remember is when they're in the the Reef uh, Casino and um, they're looking yeah. at these all these beautiful women and. You know, he's I think Tyrone is saying something like, oh, you know, I'll never have a chance or whatever. And then Ricky comes in and he says something to the effect of, yeah, so maybe she wants a man that, that goes completely the opposite of the guys that they're used to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I started laughing at that part. I thought that was funny. And also oh, Naomi's okay. Na, Naomi's father, I thought, was very funny, too. Uh, Wilkes oh, the yeah. Warrior. Yeah, he's uh, he's also a good yeah. character.
1: Oh great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're the first one to mention his father. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I like him too. Yeah, <laughs> even though he's sort of in the background, but he he's the boxing coach who trains all all four of them. Yes. So, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he does have a kind of a role. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really glad. Yeah. So it's funny, you know what? I, that's the one of the fun things I find about writing.
2: Yeah.
1: Is um especially like in a novel, you know, where you got a lot of characters and it's a large story. Mm-hmm. Is that characters kind of appear? And emerge that you didn't think of, you know. So, so for me, all the principal characters I thought of, you know, uh, before I started writing, you know, when I was kind of just imagining the book and sort of yes. outlining it and taking notes. But then characters like, um, like Ricky. So basically, in, in Tyrone's opening scene, mm-hmm. uh, someone's got to tell him. Like I knew someone had to tell him. He's, a, he's at this barbecue, that um, this welcome home party, and uh, that Antoine's fighting. You know, yes. In, in this major, this mega event, uh, mm-hmm. super fight, boxing match, he's mm-hmm. in the undercourt So I'm like, I need a character just to tell Tyrone, <laughs> <Just laughs> tell him that news. This is so, I, mean, yeah. I just came up with this character, Ricky. You know, he's kind of like this boisterous, kind of like fun. Yeah, he's very <laughs> sort fun. Sort of, yeah, charming, kind of, <laughs> sort of self-deprecating, <laughs> but like funny. Funny guy, and uh, anyway, and then I just uh, you know I loved him. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, yeah, he's, he's a great li- li- little brother type of character, you know that
1: guy. Yeah, yeah, and then you know <laughs> it, he just kind of he stayed throughout the story, you know, and, and he just kind of and and I find with those those um, supporting characters that those are the characters who in the revisions really grow and and a lot uh, have a lot greater depth to them because really? they weren't because um, they because in a way like in the original draft that's like the the just the formation of them you know like you're just coming up with the idea like you're just yourself as the writer finding out who this person is like you didn't even you know know about them until you started writing so then it's on the the subsequent revisions that you can really like flesh them out Mm -hmm. and sort of expand on their characters even if they don't have a larger role you just know them better and maybe there's a line here or there oh and i'll just say one thing i got a friend i got a friend from um, south florida yeah she's a she's a great person (laughs) and uh, she was like uh she does a bunch of different things and I said, Wow, you really got like a lot of a lot on the go, a lot of different jobs and stuff she said you know I got like ten different hustles, don't you? <laughs> <She> <laughs> and I love that line so much. And I'm like, I gotta use that line. Anyway, and Ricky uses that line, and that's, <laughs> that's where the line came from. I told her she she was happy I put it in, yeah, she was like <laughs> steal it. But anyway, so so that's yeah, that's uh, where one of his lines came from.
0: <laughs> awesome, yeah, yeah, he's a fantastic character. Um, so you mentioned evolution of characters. I'm just wondering how, um, these characters evolved, and also. Um, what your revision process is. Um, so, you know, do you uh, plan out the book from start to finish or do you just sit down, you have an idea of what you want scenes to be and you just write them down with, without any type of preparation?
1: right so it's a bit of
0: both and it okay. also
1: depends kind of on the book yes. but with this one because i it, one of the things going into this one that i wanted that i hadn't really ever done before was to have like some big twists you know and i, mm-hmm. and I thought that's something like you know and like when i've done it you know read it in a book yeah you know, yeah it's a great feeling as a reader you know when you yes, really has a, has a nice, nice twist and you got yeah. that chill you know on your back and mm-hmm. it's like incredible experience, you know, and, and it's and it's not quite the same, um, even though twists are amazing in film and TV. I do find it's like it's its own thing in books, mm-hmm. and uh, so going into Undercard, I really uh, because I felt like I'd never really done that uh, properly. That that's something I wanted, so I did come up with sort of the twists of the novel mm-hmm. beforehand, and, yeah. and because of that, I think I planned this one out more uh, than anything I'd done previously. And I think that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, but at the same time, much of the book comes out and the scenes come out over the course of the writing. And I would say the ending, even while I had key, uh, like the sort of, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess it's not Yeah, no, spoiler, no spoilers here. No spoilers. Twist. Yeah. But, but there's some big twists at the end. Yeah. 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 Even yeah. Though
1: I had those going in. Mm-hmm um and some of those scenes at the end i didn't have the whole end you know what i mean and know how it all came together yeah Till about halfway through the writing but at that point so i always know ahead of where i'm at okay. but i don't necessarily know the whole thing and then definitely for sort of less kind of prominent scenes i mean those come about in the writing and yeah so so it's kind of the way i kind of imagine it it's almost like kind of how a person uh, thinks of their life like plans their life, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a plan for your life, but as you live your life People come into it that you didn't You expect. know that you didn't know mm-hmm. about, you didn't expect mm-hmm. and your life maybe goes in different directions I feel like it's kind of the same with the book that you kind of have an idea of where it's gonna go You've got an idea of who the people are but as you're writing the book new people come in, you know And and it might go in different directions things like that
0: Hmm, so as a writer uh, And when you are actually uh, working on this particular text, how often were you surprised that uh, different situations came up or different characters were just a, a segue into the story? Uh,
1: yeah, um, it's fairly often that char- some, I guess, supporting characters yeah. are um, they're kind of for, like, plot reasons. And then, mm-hmm. and, yeah, like with Ricky, you know, they become... Um, they become, uh, you know, more prominent and, and the characters in their own right, you know, and that, you that you know, you as the writer start to care about them. So I'd say it's it's fairly um, often, yeah. I would say, like, I mean, I don't think, you know, as a writer going in, like, I think it's impossible to kind of imagine a whole kind of, you know, because you're creating a world, you know, to have this whole thing just in your out. head. Yeah. You, mapped out, exactly. Like, like it, it does so much comes out. I mean, sometimes, like, even you'll write um scenes that aren't that great you know mm-hmm. and that gets scrapped mm-hmm. but maybe a character emerges or you learn more about a character in that and then you know um i think i said this to you um when we first met but uh, <laughs> my i like to have too much kind of mm-hmm. and then yeah. cut i mean this is why i love the revision process mm-hmm. you know i feel like a, i guess a big kind of um criticism i have with just like a lot of um a lot of books I'd say Mm -hmm. uh, or novels is that there's just not enough to sustain them for a novel. I would say, you know, like, um, you know, oftentimes you come across a book that, you know, it's well-written and it's, you know, good characters and everything like that, but there's just not enough kind of in it, you know, to to really sustain like a full book, you know, Mm -hmm. and that you know, maybe the first half is good. And then it's just kind of like, you know, you just feel like it's maybe there's a bit of filler in there. So I like to have too much and then you're Mm -hmm. cutting and that, and that you kind of get a sense. Sometimes, you know, you can have a whole kind of um, history to a character, or a whole like subplot that you've imagined, and only like you know a few lines or a page of that enters the book. But it just gives the reader a sense of that there is like a world here. Mm-hmm. You know, is sort of the way like a fantasy or sci-fi writer does world building. Yeah, I feel like you're always trying to do world building you know even if it's set in the real world but that that it that the reader has this sense of this larger kind of ecosystem mm-hmm. beyond and that we were just focusing on this one particular story
0: yeah 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 and that definitely comes through um, i think it's funny when you said that i was just reminded of what, what you know hemingway said about the iceberg right that there's so much happening beneath the surface All that right. um, you know, a really good novel has that and is able to translate that to the reader. Um, you mentioned The Real World, and actually one of the things that uh, I enjoyed about this book uh, was your comment uh, on, you know, prisons, incarceration. Um, right. And one of the things that was very interesting for me is, is uh, no Deco Antoine saying that, um, you know, no one is really reformed. Um, and I got to thinking about, you know, the, the industrial complex that's built around incarceration, and right. wanted to sort of get your thoughts on, um, you know, what was the the impetus or how important was it to you to actually include that in the book? I, I actually thought it was interesting because you don't really see that type of commentary, especially in, um, you know, contemporary literature at all. Uh, so I, I thought it was, um, you know, very interesting and actually kind of brave for you to, to include that because it's a very sort of contentious issue at this particular point in time. So... Um, yeah. What was your inspiration? To actually, in, include that into the text in the way that you did.
1: Right. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> I
0: appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There are aspects of the book that I'm, you know, uh, you, you know, it does touch on a lot of issues that you know could maybe. You know, yeah. There are issues, I guess, that are kind of, yeah, as you say, contentious. So it is. So it was, uh, uh, You know, my mom said to me, you know, you're brave to write the book, and uh, and I said well it's not that brave when you don't think you're gonna get published
0: <laughs> well guess what you know i just
1: had my you know my second time around got rejected i had no uh, you know, I, I just thought well you know who cares? you know i did think you know if i'm gonna write something and get rejected anyway i might as well write something that has meaning to and importance to me you know that was kind of something um sort of a mindset going in, you know, mm-hmm. which I think maybe helped me, you know, as you say, write about sort of things from perspectives that maybe, you know, uh, you know, someone might have been um, shy to write about, I guess. But, yeah. um, so on this aspect, yeah, I, I think, you know, I wanted to kind of like look at sort of issues of inequality, yes. you know, I think that was like, you know, on a broad sense, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of... Um, look at that but again like organically within the context of like a great the character story with great mm-hmm. characters you know that, that you never you know one of the things that it's like I sort of like the challenge of like that you're trying to like engage with like you know important issues and meaningful mm-hmm. uh, issues Without the plot ever slowing, without, you know, it ever getting into that it's just like this is like an essay or something, you know. Yes. That, you know, with it never being didactic, that it's that mm-hmm. it's always like seamlessly within uh, the dialogue or, you know, that, that it's natural for the characters to think or say these things within mm-hmm. the context of like this is a person talking to another person and mm-hmm. yet still to be engaging with them
0: and i think that actually yeah i think that actually builds yeah. a certain trust with the reader as well because you know you're getting these characters that are saying things and are inspired to do things based on their their background and so you know when when deco is saying something you know he doesn't sound like naomi or keenan he's very specific right. in terms of his um, you know his outlook and so you're able to right. excuse certain behaviors and so in that sense, it actually reminded right. me a lot of like Walter White in Breaking Bad in the sense that, you know, oh. he, he, here's a character that, you know, is not necessarily the white, you no know, white knight, quote unquote, or the, or the good character, <laughs> but, but <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> no you <know>? kidding, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, the things that he does are justified within the context that you, uh, as you said earlier of the world that has been created for him. And so his, actions and intentions are um are sort of uh sort of built in or inspired by the type of person that he is so he you know he's not acting out of character in the same way that deco is not acting out of character so you find yourself you know yeah in his corner and so when he does things or he says things you know you're not offended or whatever because it's it's you know it's his voice It, it makes sense right
1: yeah, that, yeah, that's a great point. And, and just going back, so in terms of the prison thing, it was yeah. more just sort of, um, you know, an extension of kind of looking at sort of issues of inequality and, mm-hmm. and, and sort of so wherever the characters touched on it, whether it was, you know, Tyrone, he's in the Marines and he's in Iraq, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, and um, so Antoine i had already decided that he had kind of been an ex-con, you know, that he'd been incarcerated and things. Yeah. So, so it's it sort of um, to kind of look at these various issues and uh, I did a lot of research, you know, on sort of on all aspects of the book. And yeah, <laughs> and you because to... the book touches on a lot of things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, a lot of things, yeah, a yeah, lot, a lot and, of things. Um, but, um, <laughs> but
1: um, yeah. So, uh, but obviously, looking into these sorts of issues of um, the sort of criminal justice system, kind of, and uh, particularly in the United States. Yeah. So I, I suppose, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a reflection of some of the. The uh, you know things engaged with in the book, or reflection of kind of things I was looking at in my research.
0: Mm-hmm. And also Naomi talking about colonialism uh, and things like that. And it's interesting the timing because you know Bernie Sanders had just recently released a video where he's talking about you know the history of the United States going into all these different countries, you know specifically Latin America and setting up these governments that were friendly market friendly towards the U.S. and toppling governments that were not friendly towards uh, the U.S. So it's right. yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, your book is coming out of out at a time where, you know, people are really openly starting to admit these discrepancies. Right. And these inequalities that exist not only domestically, right. but also internationally as well. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah in terms of this book, what, what did it teach you about the creative process?
1: In terms of Undercard?
0: Yes, in terms of Undercard.
1: You know. uh, uh, it's a good question. I mean, I would say that like my kind of, uh, uh, what would you say, like your, your process? Yes. It, you know, I was fairly developed by the time it came to this book. Mm-hmm. And um, just one side note, something I thought of from the previous uh, previous question. Sure. It's just, it just for, um, you're talking about the previous books and this, is that it's interesting when you get rejected, you know, you hit it, it hits you so hard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, but it's like, now I'm so happy that this is the first book of mine to be published. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Cause yeah. it's, it's such a higher level and I'm so happy like mm-hmm. that. This is kind of like the book that you, you know, sort of enters the world, you know, in the public sphere or like, this is your writing that enters the world, you know, in the, in the, to the public. Yeah. So I think that's just something for people who are like, um, writing, you know, if, if you're getting rejected, you know it, it can be a blessing in disguise down the road you know what i mean and, mm-hmm. and i think so that's something to keep in mind you know um but anyway so in regards to this uh, the creative process i'd say um i mean definitely i learned of, you know i didn't really know like the inner workings of the publishing industry i mean of course i, I learned that now you know because the first and how it works you know with the editor and, and how uh, you know all that stuff works and, mm-hmm. and then all the business end of, of, the, of the book yeah but um I think one big thing that I, I take away is, is, I'd say that when you're writing something, I think it's about finding a, a novel, and especially, you know, because this is a, a business, the publishing industry, and it is, you know, it's it's art and entertainment. Definitely. Um, that you want to kind of have something meaningful to yourself, but mm-hmm. also something that. Uh, it takes into account the market, you know, and, and, and what the market is looking for and what the market is looking for from you specifically as the writer, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it'll be looking for different things from different people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, in terms of your professional background and whatever. So I think that's the thing in finding the balance. And with Undercard, I'd say with my first two books, so the, the lesson I learned was the first one I just tried to write something that I thought would be like exactly the book I wanted to read, you know. And then the the second book I wrote was I was thinking what – what uh, I want the mark what I thought the market wanted from me, you Mm -hmm. know, and then with undercard It was really a conscious choice of trying to have both those things, Mm -hmm. you know And and that's partially why I said in Vegas is that You know, I had some experiences in Vegas where you know and and read some things that you know that it is this huge discrepancy in sort of um, sort of like uh, equality kind of you know that you've got like this insane kind of um, wealth and then right beside, you know, like low-income areas and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's ripe for kind of uh, dealing with a lot of issues. But then at the same time, you know, you got the Hangover movies and all this stuff, you
0: mm-hmm. know, that, that, are
1: happening. that this is this sexy city, you know, that's prime for entertainment, you know what I mean? And that, you know, immediately, like, it catches people's attention. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so that was a conscious choice that Vegas kind of, like, it was a setting that both would be good for the market and, and attract people's attention, but both could be a, a setting a space for me to write about things that I find important and meaningful. So that's, I would say, um, yeah, definitely something I learned Yeah, about the creative process through writing this. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting because when you're talk when you're saying that, it actually just uh, another thought popped in my head of, do you think then that is a is sort of a metaphor of the time that we're living right now where you know technology is so prevalent that a lot of people are creating their realities based on the best moments of their lives or these really curated uh, moments of their life, whereas people are not really necessarily posting the types of struggles that they're contending with. It's sort of this. Um, really facile representation of what their experiences are. Uh, and so, when you're talking about Vegas, I, for some reason, that thought sort of just popped in my head of, you know, it being indicative of the type of lifestyle that is being celebrated right now online, where, uh. you know, people are liking your pictures and then people are commenting and you sort of live for that, right? Where, you know, I've read certain things where, where people actually spend a lot of time online, you know, just monitoring you know, whether, you know, their thing was liked or how many people liked it and then comparing, well, right. you know, this person against this person. So, yeah, I think it's it's pretty interesting because, you know, you've touched on something that I think is um, timeless in the sense that people are always going to do that, right? There's always going to be this um, drive for, for humans, I think, to um, cope with the types of problems that we have by you know, presenting a, a strong front, right? So you may be going through a really tough situation, but instead of talking about it, what you'll do uh. is you'll put up a front and and um, and people necessarily won't even know what's, what's going on. Um, but yeah, no, it's an interesting book. There's a lot of, you know, different levels. And one of the things that I enjoyed as well and I probably said one of the things <laughs> a lot during this interview, but um but no, it's interesting because well, I'm glad you enjoyed a lot of different <laughs> things. I
1: mean, that's the goal, you know. That's what you're
0: trying to, there's, uh, there's you're actually, trying
1: to achieve in the, the
0: right. Yeah, there's there's a propulsive force to it as well. The pacing is is extremely um, um, tight, right? And it oh, reminded me like okay. George, George. uh you know, Patterson had said that, you know, what you want to do and then you mentioned this earlier in our talk is you know, you want to write a thriller with no filler, right? It's it's sort of like it grabs you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it, a good line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah thriller but... no thriller. Thrill with no filler. Thriller with no filler. Thriller Whoa. with no filler, yeah. And so you <laughs> know, you, want to, you want <laughs> I'm gonna see you that's using really that lot, really like I think. <laughs> <laughs> thriller <and> no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh, um, but yeah, no, it, 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 it grabs you, right? right. And, and it takes right. you sort of on this, on this run. And, and, you know, it's interesting the way you set up the fight where, you know, I think a lot of uh, writers would have made the mistake of either giving the result too early or trying to draw out the reader too much, right? Where the reader's kind of like, uh-huh. come on, just tell me what the result was. But the way you did it was just at the point where I was thinking, like, seriously, what's the result? You you know, you did it, right? It wasn't, it was right at that point where, you know, it seemed natural to do that because I was interested in finding out. So I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm turning the pages. And um, I think if you would have done it, maybe even 10 pages uh, after the fact, it would have been too late. So in terms of like spacing that out and pacing, was that something that you would work with your editor to do or is that something you know going in that's what you wanted to accomplish
1: um i would say that's probably something going in yeah. you know i mean pacing is something i really uh care a lot about I oh guess,
0: definitely it's, it's a, very important
1: as both a consumer of um uh, art and entertainment and also as a creator of it you know oh, definitely I'd say mm-hmm. that's like something i have a a real issue with a lot of movies <laughs> 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 is is of just you know like um that uh, you know I always think like a story should be like a roller coaster right like like if a roller coaster was all down it would get boring if it was all up it would get boring right mm-hmm. like what makes a roller coaster exciting is that it's it's you know it's, it's slow up fast down slow up fast down you mm-hmm. know and that you're getting these real intensive like bursts you know and, and um, Whereas I think, um, you don't want it, you know, that it's, there's like no, no excitement happening, but then again, you don't want like sort of mediocre excitement constantly, which I would say a lot of like blockbuster films these days is kind of an issue I have, you know, that it's, mm-hmm. it's just this relentless kind of without being that intense, you know yes. what I mean? So it's, it's kind of, so, so that, yeah, that's definitely something I think a lot about, uh, in terms of pacing and, and not like wasting, uh. The reader's time you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i don't want um uh you know like i do think like you know a person it just you know obviously has a lot to do in their time but even just in terms of consuming entertainment you know <laughs> there's a lot of options they have right so oh, if they're going to take the time to be reading your book you know that i don't want to be you know, wasting you know wasting their time that the experience is kind of um, exciting and intense you know and meaningful you know You know, captivating, I guess is the word I'm looking for the whole way. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I think also, too, like the way I think, I'm not someone who. uh like, I was just saying, like, with Game of Thrones, it uh, just doesn't a side note. <laughs> not to get into the whole thing. But I know people, like, have all these issues with the last few seasons, and they're saying, oh, it was so much better when it was just people talking endlessly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and i like... the last few seasons more than the previous. Because I'm like, well, finally things are happening. You know what I mean? It's like... You know, you don't have to watch, like... You know, it's like Arya walks, like, ten feet over, like, a whole season. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> you know, now it's like... You you know, I remember. Anyway, so <laughs> I just, yeah, so yeah so pacing, yeah, it's definitely, and, and with the fight, obviously, it's a, a big, um, in terms of, like, an action, like, set these big part of the book, you know, that, um, and, uh, yeah, it was a, yeah, I thought a lot about it and, and how to um, execute it, and, um, and when people read it, you'll see that it's from three perspectives, the fight, and I, that kind of helped me cutting between those perspectives where one person's in the crowd, one person's the fighter, and one person's watching it on a television screen and getting the kind of um, comment, commentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that allowed me to kind of sh- uh, show the fight and that sometimes you get it in this sort of kind of overview model, you know, mm-hmm. where you kind of get a description of like a few rounds and, and the momentum of like the past few rounds. And then sometimes you're like right there, you know, in the experience of the fighter you know mm-hmm. as it happens you know like blow by blow and, and sort of cutting back and forth between that you know uh, i think keeps it kind of moving that it's never sort of just an one sort of uh, experience to get you know, running on too long yeah
0: yeah and and actually that scene also reminded me too of raging bull and you know that oh. uh, that fantastic uh, You know, Scorsese movie, um, especially in the ring where, you know, he was very masterful just in terms of the shots he was using to really, like, bring you in the ring and um, also just hold your attention. And you're sort of anticipating, you know, sitting at the edge of your seat, like, so what's going to happen and and things. So, yeah, that's extremely important. Pacing is everything, especially with a novel like this. Um, So, speaking of that, I'm wondering, you know, what is your favorite book? And, um, yeah, what is one thing that you learned from it?
1: well <laughs> I, mean, I mean I always find it tough to <laughs>
0: Okay, what is one of your <laughs> favorite say, books? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say mm-hmm. a recent book that I feel like influenced um because okay. you know there's lots of favorite ones for different reasons, but I yeah. mean um the book The Wind-Up Girl, which is like a Wind sort of girl. sci-fi. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah, you know it? Uh The Wind-Up Girl?
0: The name sounds familiar, yeah.
1: Yeah, it came out, I think, 2009 or 2010, and it won a bunch of
0: sci-fi awards. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's set in uh, Bangkok, in Thailand, and it's kind of like a near-future, kind of dystopic, like post-gasoline um, world. And oh, nice. uh, it deals with the environment a lot, and uh, and, I, I, and that kind of follows four characters written in the present tense. Oh, and wow, I just okay. really like the book. Yeah, I really like the book, and I like the way uh, the writer, his name's uh, Bacigalupi, I think,
2: and uh, the way hmm.
1: he exits. The way he executed it, um, you know, the the sort of cutting between the, these four principal characters. So I think that helped that that helped influence me um, in terms of uh, my style, I guess you could say. You know, that undercard is you know a similar structure, I guess you could say. You know, yeah. four characters, present tense, um, minus the flashbacks is written in the present third person present tense. Uh, you know, limited. So. Uh, yeah, that was a that that book. I felt like a, it was really a great book. A really, um, um, of, of sort of this uh, millennium, I'd say. <laughs> <I would> say <laughs> millennium when it's like last twenty years. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, think the favorite, yeah,
0: I think the author will take that. Yeah, I think the author will take that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of my favorite books of,
1: of of the last yeah of this millennium. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, and and speaking of that, um, so uh, other than uh, the author of the Wind Up Girl. Um, if you could, you know, work with one particular artist uh, from any type of medium, um, who oh, wow. would yeah, who would they be, and why would you want to learn from them?
1: Okay. Well, you all well, okay, well, stick. With the book. So in Guguwatiyongo, you know, yes. <laughs> right?
0: we okay. We talked about him, the Kenyan
1: <laughs> writer. I would love to. Um, I would love to meet him. I guess I think mm-hmm. that would be really cool. Uh, he just seems like an amazing, amazing writer and an amazing person. And um, his novel, um, Petals of Blood, uh, that was a major influence for me, I guess, in terms of like content and, and kind of how to deal with issues, kind of mm-hmm. like how to engage on kind of like, you know, kind of important things within the context of uh, a great story, you know, with great characters. You know what I mean? That he was able to both uh, deal with a lot while also having you know like superficially a great novel and yet uh beneath the surface such a strong uh su- you know su- such a strong kind of commentary and discussion so i'd love to meet him and then um hillary mantel who wrote uh, wolf hall mm-hmm. and um bring up the bodies and a bunch of other books but those cromwell books that she won the man booker prize for both you know both of them uh i love her um stylistically i love her writing style and also i love her books too yeah um but um she's someone who again i've um uh, I've, I've, I've read her stuff <laughs> especially those books um, stylistically is someone I, I try to um, emulate I guess you could say <laughs> <laughs> I plagiarize her no, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. well you know what Picasso said games. right Picasso said good artist uh, borrow great <laughs> artist steals
1: <laughs> okay. that's right yeah and I will say the opening chapter of Wolf Hall I remember I think it came out like I think maybe it came out in 2009 or something, but I, I don't know. I think 2010, I bought the book, and I remember, and I, you know, I saw that it won, uh, you know, these major awards, and uh, I remember reading the opening chapter and just being like, this is how I want to write, like like this yes, style, you know, yeah, like just yeah. the way. Um, yeah, so I'd love to, yeah, I mean, she would be something really cool just to talk to her and hear what she thinks about writing or how she comes up with it. I think that would be really Cool. Uh, those two, yeah, would be great people.
0: Cool. Um, and, and yeah. with regard to, you know, your agent, how did you um get in touch with them or how how did that process start? So that was just sort of a fluke. It, really? And it just um yeah, it was kind of um I met a guy through tennis.
1: <laughs> 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 and, then, and then and those and he works in the film industry. Oh. And um in those days you know i had no context i just had no context and then you know i found one thing interesting i found a lot of people would be like offer you help and not actually help you like people like, oh, <laughs> don't even ask them for help they're like oh yeah sure i know someone I yeah, know yeah, the yeah. best author. i'll hook you up i'll, I'll hook you up no problem no problem them. yeah and then <laughs> no one ever came through <laughs> it <was kind> of, <laughs> and it's like why do you it's like um you know, what's the, the Snoopy character, the Charlie Brown with the
0: football? Oh, know? yeah, yeah, they pulled so, a
1: football. You know, so it's like, what? Is this like a practical joke? Like, are you setting me up <laughs> to, um, just to feel bad? You know, I didn't even ask you about help. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, people shouldn't do that. If they, no, they,
2: not they at all. They shouldn't go out of their way to offer help and, and then not come through, you know. Um, mm.
1: It's fine if you don't help someone, but don't pretend like you're going to. But, um Anyway, so then this guy is so. But I, anytime I met someone who was in arts and entertainment, I would always tell them, "Oh, I'm trying to get published. You know, I'm trying yeah. to be a writer, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then this was the first time someone was like, "Yeah, I'll hook you up. I know there's like, you know, an agent at like, uh, you know, <laughs> you know the, the largest agency in Canada." And I knew um, which is my agency is um, Westwood WCA Westwood Creative Artists, which is was the first agency to reject me or oh, my first. Post. Wow, they interesting. Was the first one I said it to? Yeah, and that, that was my first. That that one I got a stock rejection. It wasn't a no response.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Just <laughs> yeah. Start. So
1: so you know I like them. You know,
0: <laughs> when you get a stock
1: rejection, you know it feels like
0: oh well, at least they... <laughs> they. They lit the fire under you basically. They inspired you to yeah. keep going. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. At least they, they took the time to copy and paste their exactly, <laughs> their yeah. go-to rejection to me, and mm-hmm.
1: um, <laughs> so. Anyway, and then, and then he told me, too, that my agent loved Dennis, and I was like, I thought, wow, this is a practical joke. Like,
2: oh, <laughs> interesting, okay, yeah. I'm
1: really getting set up here. Anyway, but then he introduced me to my agent, and then, uh, I, and then I had my manuscript with me. That's something I, I'm going to try and say whenever I, I meet aspiring writers, is mm-hmm. that if ever you're meeting someone, like, obviously, if you've got a manuscript ready, <laughs> but but if ever you're meeting someone in the industry, you know, have the manuscript with you, like a hard copy, you know, mm-hmm. print it out just in case, because I did have an experience where I had a um, coffee with someone in New York, like an editor, at a major publisher. And then she was like, uh, yeah, send it to me on email. <laughs> you know, and I sent it to her as an attachment. And she never.
0: Oh, yeah. Thing. Having so, a hard copy is so, very key. So, so
1: I mean, definitely you you still want to email people, and obviously I'm not saying like force it on people, (laughs) but you know, if someone's like, oh yeah, I'd like to read it, you're like, oh well, I got it with me right now if you Mm. want it, because I think it is a big difference. Um, You know, these people, you know, get like uh, countless emails. You know, so if um so if if you can get a hard copy in their hands, I just think they're that much more likely to read it. But but anyway, so the so yeah, I had the hard copy with me and uh, my agent at. You know, he said, sure, I'll read it. And the next day he called me. And he was Interesting, like, okay. Oh, let's meet again in two weeks and wow. talk about can sell it. So, it, yeah, I, could, I didn't believe it for about a month. I'll be honest, <laughs> <then I'm> like, <laughs> like this guy, yeah. Somehow, yeah, somehow there's a catch. There's a catch, like,
0: you know. And then, yeah, uh, the shoe's going to fall. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, as things start going your way, uh,
1: you know, eventually you start to believe it. You know, it's like when Nancy said they wanted the book, I was kind of like, okay yeah it seems like this is actually ha- you know like there was a mm. part of me that was like somehow this is an elaborate practical Scheme, joke but yeah. but but it was only a small part you know it wasn't like my first thought anymore you know it's kind of like you know and then by the end you're like you know and after a while you're like how come we don't have a deal here <laughs> 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 like what are you talking about
0: they're not going to do it <laughs> yeah Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you search pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> You've changed, man. You've changed. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: What do you mean? I'm not on the front cover of Time Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: yeah. So, as far as your manuscript, I think that's a fantastic, uh, uh you know, piece of advice for for aspiring oh, writers. Yeah. Um. So, right. you know, at that point, how, you know, when, because you mentioned ready and a lot of. Uh, Published authors mentioned, you know, don't send it out until it's ready. So what was, right. what was your definition of ready or what is your definition of ready yeah. to an aspiring writer? Yeah.
1: So that's a, yeah, that's a good question. And it's an important thing. So with my first book,
0: mm-hmm. I went overboard. Right? Okay. <laughs> so, so I wrote it for, it was nine years
1: before I submitted it and I revised it so much and I'm oh, like, wow. it's perfect. You know, like this mm-hmm. is like a, a, a diamond now at this point, you know, and, um, i gone overboard because, wow. you know, because I think the thing is, you know, you, you don't want to, I guess, give up your life on a, a <laughs> you know, you learn things through the submission process, you learn things through, through the pitching process in terms of what about your writing resonates with people in the industry, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, I think that's a very valuable thing you learn mm-hmm. when you, when you pitch things, you know, and, um, and and uh, you know uh, and uh, again like undercard is a product of that right you know yeah. that I, I learned so much of what people did respond to and didn't respond to in my writing from the first two attempts mm-hmm. and, and which helped me craft you know uh, the story of undercard you know in terms of which characters I I chose in terms of the number of characters I have four characters you know my my thinking was at least one of them is going to resonate with somebody <laughs> 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 that was one of my thoughts <laughs> that was one of the reasons for four characters. And the interesting thing is that people have told me, um, like you're talking about Antoine and Naomi, they, I'm, what I'm kind of one of the things I'm happy about, just on a side note, is how people have told me each of the favorite characters. Someone's told me that that was their favorite character. You mm. know, so it's not like it's just one character that everyone's responding to that uh, mm-hmm. really very... across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, and that I feel like it's kind of cool because. You know that that um, you know obviously people are very different, <laughs> and that, that different people are responding to different characters, and that that you know at least one of the characters really seems to resonate uh, with uh, readers. You know, so I mean that's cool. Um, but just um, so <clears throat> I think it's um yeah like I think definitely like I I've heard sometimes like aspiring writers say like uh, you know uh, I'm thinking of submitting it. Uh, I'm almost finished the book. And it's like, what do you mean? You're oh, wow. No, no, no. Yeah, you should and not you're do that. You're like, you know, like, like, definitely you should be doing revisions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you should be doing revisions. And I mean, like, I don't think it has to get to the point where it's like you, you think, you know, with, with my first attempt, I thought it's going to be as good as I can possibly, like, that I cannot think of a way to, like, improve one line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Kinda like, that was my mindset. And I don't think it needs to be that far. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't think there's, like, a golden rule of, like, four drafts or something. Like, I think, yeah. you know, drafts, it depends on, you know, and, like, you, some sometimes you come with ideas. Um, I think it's just definitely that you should, uh, you know, you should do, and, and also people do different kinds of revisions. You know, like, I know for myself, when I do, like, when I call it, like, a draft, like, a major revision, I'm doing, like, tons of revisions mm-hmm. throughout. You know what I mean? Like, that includes multiple, you know, so.
2: Yeah.
1: But definitely it should be well-revised. You should have people whether it's people close to you or if you can get you know writers but definitely have like friends or family or whoever should have been reading it and getting responses from them and then revising it according to you know obviously you don't need to like just appeal to what anyone says but just getting people gauging people's reactions and then you know adjusting accordingly Mm -hmm. and um and and definitely you know that it's edited obviously just in terms of uh, you know
0: grammar punctuation,
1: grammar punctuation like so uh, but but yeah so i think you know i think that's one of the things though getting that right feel mm-hmm. um, is, is one of the things that comes with habit but um, with you know doing it multiple times but i would say uh, you know yeah don't don't feel like you got to spend years you know I mean, I mean you can spend years writing a novel but like years revising it you know once you feel like it's already strong mhm You know, before you start submitting, because the thing is, uh, one of the things I've learned is that people can like your writing, but they might not respond to your story or your character, like that particular story and those particular characters. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is if you're spending too much time, um, you you like like the more books that you're submitting or stories you're submitting, right, whatever format, the more opportunities you have for something connecting with someone
0: exactly you know what yeah, i mean yeah.
1: so uh, so that's yeah so and in terms of i'll say just with undercard i could have revised it more like when i gave it to my agent mm-hmm. um, for him to start submitting
2: mm-hmm.
1: i felt like i had a very strong manuscript you mm-hmm. know but i could have still uh like you know worked on it a few more. months and mm-hmm. come back to it again and i yeah. thought See, because I kind of realized at that point that, like, if it doesn't resonate with anyone, it doesn't really matter if it's a bit sharper and tighter.
0: Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? That's a good point. You,
1: you know, Yeah, exactly. And that you are going to be revising it for, for, you know, about at least a year mm-hmm. if it gets picked up with the publisher. So, so yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. so that's what I'd say. It doesn't have to be perfect, but make sure it's strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a
0: general, <laughs> come on, finish it, finish it like first, obviously. <laughs> 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 um, okay. And, and, uh, as far as your revision process, what is that like? So you, you finished it, you, do you go back scene by scene or how would you, how do you actually? Oh, in the revision, the yeah. revision process.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, well with the, with the, um, if it's just myself, without the publisher without yeah. the editor yeah basically i'll generally try and get people to read it
2: oh okay. and then
1: i will also I'll sometimes have ideas will come to me post uh you know your, your draft is over you know what mm-hmm. i mean just with time away mm-hmm. You suddenly think oh that would be a good line or you know it can be as small as that or, or oh okay maybe i could do this differently Mm-hmm. You know, and then also once you start to get people's reactions, just like taking note of people's reactions. So definitely, you know, it helps, you know, having a little bit of time where it kind of like between people's reactions and then just you having a bit of time away, you know, you can reflect, you sometimes have ideas going into the revision, but I will do it. Yeah, I'll just start at the beginning and we'll work through, work through and, it. and I'll, but I'll keep like a document, a word document. Of any ideas I have, whether I, you know, so sometimes it'll be an idea later, that mm-hmm. I won't really get to it, I, I do go, like, chronologically through it, mm-hmm. and then with the, um, when it's with uh, the publisher, with the Nancy, um, you know, it starts off, my editor described it as a great uh, uh, metaphor, uh, or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, hatchet, hatchet, knife, scalpel, right, is that, like, so it starts off, he, he just had notes and he gave me his notes and Mm -hmm. they were like you know um broad and kind of big you know like so there were some things that had to be changed some scenes had to be changed Mm -hmm. you know to develop some characters and in which direction you had to develop them stuff like that you know what i mean really kind of big broad stuff you know a couple like uh yeah, yeah pretty much like that you know on the larger scale and then uh i did a whole revision like that you know changed a lot of things you know cut a lot added a lot and then uh, the following, uh, and then and then again, he goes through it, and then again, it's just notes, mm-hmm. and and more detailed notes, right? And then, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like uh, adjusting specific scenes, you know what I mean, according to the notes and stuff like that. And again, so it wasn't like, uh, from that point on, you know, it, it not really much changed in the plot, right? You mm-hmm. know, that it's like a minor scene or something changes, but, mm-hmm. um, it, I mean, a scene might change, but like the overarching plot didn't change, didn't right? Didn't change. And... And then from then it goes towards the line edit, and the, uh, where the editor's gone like you know line by line, you know, mm-hmm. you know, really making edits on the sentence. And then it goes to the copy edit, which is basically the same thing, but you get a different person as the copy editor. Does it. <laughs> More noisy. And notes, then it, yeah. it goes to the proofreader, and there's <laughs> another person. <laughs> and then by the time you've gone through it all, you never want to look at your book
0: again. <laughs> you <never laughs> That's kind of the process. <laughs> that's awesome um okay so uh, my last question is as an artist uh-huh. i know this is your first book but i'm interested in finding out what you're looking to contribute contribute moving forward oh you mean in terms of new books or yeah in mean, terms uh, of new books or any new art that yeah. you want to do yeah
1: um well, uh, definitely I want to write more books, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it'll be exciting just to be more involved in the kind of, like, uh, literary community, I suppose, Okay. you know, now that I'm kind of entering it, but, uh, yeah, I got, um, this is currently kind of three ideas I want to develop, oh, nice. like, ideas for three new books, um, awesome se- separate stories, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of, um, just sort of developing outlines for each of them right sure. now, and then I got to talk to all my... <laughs> bookside people and then see, uh, <laughs> see what they want me to go ahead with and you know and then you know come up with uh, yeah come up come up with, with a plan yeah the so, but under. then also I'm um, just um focusing just c- continuing to get the word out on undercard you know um, I mean one thing you realize you know it comes out and you're like you work so hard and then you go into a bookstore and there's like countless books and you're like oh, why would someone even find my book let alone <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> no at they're it finding read. it they're definitely so, finding it
1: yeah, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, so yeah, so it kind of, yeah, so those are the two focuses right now.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, we've taken uh, like an hour. This is fantastic. I really appreciate your time. Oh, well,
1: thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Same, yeah, it's been a great. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed it and I appreciate the, the opportunity. Thanks. Man. Awesome. No problem. Okay, thank you. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: thank you for joining us today uh please follow david through his website davidalberton.com that is d-a-b-i-d-a-l-b-e-r-t-y-n.com his publisher is house of Nancy, and you can follow us on instagram at abendo u-p-e-n-d-o underscore underscore books. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, these are our stories.